Well, good evening. Good to see everybody this year. Glad to have everybody who's joining us there uh, online, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, Twitter, any of those different platforms. Be sure to give us the hearts, the thumbs up, the likes, whatever you want to do there. Uh, just get your name out, get, put your name on it. That'll just help to get it out to all your friends. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe there on YouTube uh, and hit the little notification bell. Uh, that way you'll get those notifications every time we go live. Follow us there on Facebook. You'll get it there also. So, uh, and then uh, if you need our phone live streaming, uh, you can call the church office at the number you see on your screen there. We'll be glad to give you that number uh, for the phone live streaming. But welcome to those who are listening uh, by way of our phone live streaming tonight also. Uh, let me just remind you, too, if you're at home, to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, it's under the info tab there that you can download the worship bulletin for this week. So be sure to take the time to do that. If you need those in person, there are plenty in the windowsills uh, and at the doors as you leave. So be sure to get those. A lot of upcoming activities. Uh, we've got a lot of things, it seems like, going on in, in January, even though this is the first of the year after Christmas, the holidays. We have still quite a bit going on. Uh, you've seen some of the things scrolling on the screen before the services uh, of some of the announcements and upcoming things. Most all those are in that bulletin, so be sure to get that downloaded if you need it or pick up a, a paper copy if you need that. Uh, also under that info tab, you can download the children's worship bulletin, so be sure to do that. You can share that link if you want. You can print them off and hand them out to whoever you want. Uh, that's just another opportunity to reach out to share the gospel with kids. Uh, if you need those in person in paper version, they're over here in this windowsill. And while you're under the info tab there, be sure to download tonight's prayer list uh, so that you can follow along with our prayer requests tonight. If you do have a prayer request, be sure to mention it there in Facebook. That's what we'll be looking at live uh, to be able to mention those during the prayer time. So uh, be sure to comment there. If you don't get it into there, you can send it uh, through our email uh, at highlandbaptist.cafes.net or highlandbaptisttullahoma at gmail.com. Uh, either one of those will work. And then also don't forget that you can do your online giving. If you go to the far right hand side, you can click the give online tab there uh, and do your online giving. So be sure to do that. Uh, we have collected and exceeded our goal for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so praise the Lord for that. We're going to be soon emphasizing the North American mission offering, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And so that'll be coming up soon to support our North American missionaries. Uh, but you do have your regular offering envelopes in the pews in front of you, as well as you can do the online giving there online. So uh, be sure to do that. Uh, and be sure to look at all those announcements. As we said, the newsletter is also uh, under that info tab. And we have a new newsletter that'll be coming out uh, the first of next week. So you'll want to check that uh, also before next Wednesday if you don't get a paper version in the mail. So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us, please. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. Take your hymnals and turn to 54. Great is thy faithfulness. 54. Miss Pat? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no Yes. 
Hopefully you've had the time there at home to get uh, your prayer list uh, downloaded there or at least to see a digital copy of it so that you can be able to follow along. I'm on Facebook here so that I can see if there's uh, any comments that you want to share there of any prayer requests. So be sure to do that there on Facebook if you want that to be shared uh, live uh, tonight. Uh, Let me just go over a few uh, that we have uh, on our prayer list. Um, You'll want to, of course, remember uh, Kim Dodson and the Pearson family and the passing of her mother. Uh, So keep that family uh, in your prayers. Um, Linda Bollinger has been sick the past few days, so keep her uh, in your prayers also. Uh, Janet Carter uh, is in the hospital. Uh, She had fallen uh, this past weekend and uh, hurt herself and uh, is going through the process of all the tests and everything. Um, So just keep her uh, in your prayers that she'll be able to get back uh, on her feet. She had some issues there with other things, so just uh, pray she'll be able to soon go to rehab. uh, And that's the plan is for her to go to to a skilled facility and uh, get back to walking so she can get back home. She said she's going back home one way or the other. (laughs) And if you know Janet, (laughs) she's going home (laughs) one way or the other. 
Um, also, if you'll remember uh, Cindy Jordan, uh, she was actually in the hospital, lat, not this past week, but the week before, uh, had uh, fell, uh, broke some ribs, hurt her back. She's in a lot of excruciating pain. This is Ken Jordan's wife. Uh, so just want to remember her in your prayers. We sent a call out about her uh, today. And then Bernice Cox, who we have down there under the Holland Baptist family, uh, that is uh, Russ and Lori Foster's. That's, I think, Lori's mom. <coughs> um, and they have moved down to Enterprise area, Enterprise Alabama area down that way. Uh, maybe I think it's Rutledge, uh, Alabama, something like that. Uh, and so uh, she's not been doing well uh, and having some issues with dementia uh, even more. So want to keep her uh, in your prayers. And then there's a few on the friends and family side that we've added and a few that I need to give an update on. David Wall, uh, who has filled in for me many times. Uh, if you remember, we had him on the prayer list um, uh, because he had had a, a stroke, but he also had had, when they went to check, he had some blockages, so they did uh, open heart surgery on him to correct those blockages. Well, a few days after, his blood pressure went down. They had to go back in. They found a blood clot that had been traveling, and they had to take care of that, and then they thought everything was going well until day before yesterday, his blood pressure bottomed out again. They went back in and found that he had three more blockages. And so he is in the ICU, the last word that I had. So uh, keep him in your prayers uh, as he is at um, <clears throat> Vanderbilt. Um, we also have on the prayer list there, Jason Ramsey, who's another pastor, uh, former pastor actually. He just uh, resigned from his church and his official last days were there in December. But right before his official last days, uh, he had to go to the hospital because of uh, some issues he was having with uh, his autoimmune disease. Uh, when he went into the hospital, uh, he was, uh, they had to sedate him, they put him under, he was in a comatose state and had been in a comatose state from December the 9th until just a few days ago. And he is recovering better, uh, but they are sending him to a facility near Huntsville. And so we wanna pray for him. He's the former pastor at Center Grove. Uh, also, and so just pray for him. We also had another pastor on there, Jason Curtis, uh, who his wife passed away uh, last year, and he's dealing, uh, still struggling with a lot of grief, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, Dennis McCullough, who is Samantha's brother-in-law, had his stroke. Um, he is still about the same, hasn't improved in, in, in uh, any new skills there, or being able to talk, and, and for her to be able to understand him much. He has been a little bit combative, and so we wanna pray for them. Uh, and pray that he'll get the care uh, that he needs. Uh, we had mentioned this, or at least put this on the prayer list for uh, last week. I don't know that I had shared much about this, but when we had the, the freeze back at, before Christmas, the pipes burst at the BCM building out, out at Motlow and uh, just, just damaged and destroyed a lot of the flooring and the walls there. So they're not doing any of the BCM ministry right now while they're going through repairs and dealing with all of that with the insurance company. So uh, keep them in your prayers. Uh, right underneath that, you'll see uh, Randy Alexander. Uh, this is Miss Imogene's son-in-law. We want to remember him in prayer. Uh, he had, his heart was out of rhythm, and they had taken him to the hospital. That's what they, he was having some issues, and that's what they discovered. Uh, they gave him some medicine to try to get that back in to rhythm, but if he didn't have that uh, back into rhythm uh, eventually here soon, they were going to have to go back in and, and shock his heart uh, into rhythm. So uh, that's uh, her daughter's uh, husband. That's 
Randy Alexander there, so I want to remember them in prayer. And then Kinsley Cates uh, is Amy Jackson's uh, great niece. Uh, she is in the ICU uh, for smoke inhalation, and I just wanted to share the message that she had given to me of what had happened. Uh, this young girl, uh, she was staying with some friends, a friend uh, over the weekend, um, uh, Friday night, and uh, the, the message that she sent to me from uh, the mother uh, of Kinsley said that we've experienced more fear, grief, and devastation than I personally have ever experienced. On Saturday morning, Kinsley, uh, who is who we have on the prayer list, was in a house fire uh, that tragically took the life of five other people in the house. She was the only one to survive. She was just a guest there at the house. Uh, she said, the, the, the mother said here that we love that family more than words. They were the type of people who would give you everything they own. Uh, they love our daughter like their own. Um, and, and her best friend Kaylee uh, there was one of those uh, who had uh, passed away. And so this is uh, the, the daughter of Eric's niece, uh, Mike Jackson's uh, granddaughter. And so uh, just remember her in prayer. She is uh, in the burn unit in ICU uh, up at Vanderbilt uh, with severe throat and lung damage. And so pray for her because even once she comes through that, there's a lot of emotional things that she'll be dealing with uh, with all of that. And that's Kinsley Cates that's on your prayer list uh, down there at the bottom. And then also uh, Brian Tate had asked us to add Candy Couch uh, to the prayer list uh, too. Any others that we need to add or any other updates that we may need to make to the prayer list? Yes. Okay, and so this is David Hess. Uh, Pat was saying she had talked with Jim uh, Hess, his dad. Uh, he's finished his second round, um, and it's like every five days, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, his last one was uh, really hard on him, and so I uh, just want to continue to remember him in prayer as he's having to go back through all that process that he went through uh, last year in, in dealing with the cancer. So we want to remember David Hess uh, in your prayers as well as his family. Anyone else? My daughter-in-law, Carrie, has had COVID, strep, and mono. <laughs> They're doing some tests this week on her liver to see if we might want to find out what is causing weakness and why she can't get along. Okay. And so that's uh, Carrie Williams, who we want to add to the prayer list. She's uh, had COVID, strep, and some other things there, and she's... Um, huh? Had well, several things there, so uh, we just want to remember her in prayer, and there's still some other issues that they may have uh, seen there in some of the tests, so keep her uh, in your prayers too. If you're there online, be sure to comment on Facebook. That's where we're looking, and I don't see any there right now, but if you have, be sure to make sure you put that there. We'll take just a few more seconds because there's a little bit of a lag there in getting that to us. Anybody else? All right, and I don't see any more on Facebook there. So let's go ahead then and go to the Lord uh, in prayer for these that we mentioned, many others that may be on our hearts tonight also, and maybe even some unspoken requests that you may have. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much 
for the wonderful blessings that you've given to us. Thank you for life itself. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you, Lord, for caring for us, uh, for uh, just the, the fact, Lord, that we can come before your throne of grace uh, personally and that we can uh, ask your forgiveness for our sins. And that's what we do tonight, Lord, because when we come into your presence, we recognize and realize that you are a holy and a righteous God. And we ask, Lord, for you to cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Wash us, renew us, strengthen us for the work that you have before us. And Father, I pray that as you cleanse us, Lord, may that open up the, 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 the communication between us because we know that it says in your word that if we hold on to or regard sin in our hearts and our lives, that that you will not hear from heaven. And so we ask, Lord, that you would cleanse us and forgive us uh, of all of our sin, that you might hear us from heaven as we especially intercede on behalf of these that are on this prayer list tonight. And so, Father, we pray for each and every person uh, that's on this list. There are many, Lord, who are uh, who just recently discovered some issues that they're going through uh, physically, and we just pray, God, for those who are uh, at home that are sick, those who are in the hospitals, uh, that are sick. Uh, we pray, Lord, for you to be with them, to have your healing hand upon them. Uh, Father, be with those doctors and nurses and those who are taking care of them. Give them wisdom and discernment for the proper care. But we know you're the great physician, so we just uplift them into your hands. We ask for your healing touch. And we just ask God for you to shower them with your grace and your mercy and your love, to give them that strength they need to know that you are with them uh, through even the, the most difficult things that they may face uh, through these uh, trials and circumstances uh, that they're going through. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those who have lost loved ones, and we just pray for you to send the Holy Spirit, uh, who is the great comforter, to bring comfort and peace uh, to each one of these individuals' hearts and lives. Lord, uh, we know that they are walking through a valley that is uh, very hard to walk through. Many of us have gone through those valleys uh, before, and we just pray, God, that you will walk with them through the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, that they would not fear any evil, uh, that they would know that you are with them. May you lead them, may you guide them with your rod and your staff. And we just ask, Lord, your special blessings uh, upon those who have lost loved ones. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you will just continue to use us as a church in whatever way that we can uh, to be a witness and a testimony to be a ministry uh, to these individuals, to encourage them, uh, to walk alongside them with the things that they're going through. Uh, Lord, we know a lot of these who are facing physical issues are, are in a lot of pain physically, and that just creates all kinds of other issues, uh, emotional uh, stress and strain as well, and as well as financial issues and, and maybe even marital and family issues. And Father, I just pray that uh, you will be with each one of these individuals, that through those circumstances and trials, uh, you will be glorified and you will be honored and that you will bring good into these individuals' lives. May they trust in you. And Father, I pray for any of these individuals who are on our prayer list who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We know you know their hearts. Uh, we don't pretend to. And so, Lord, we know that you know where they are spiritually. And we just ask that, Lord, you will make yourself known to them. Use us to be a witness to them. Bring other people across their life and across their path to, to be that witness, to share the gospel with 
with them. And I pray that through these situations and circumstances that they're going through, although they may be uh, bad and they may be uh, burdensome and they may be hurtful during these times, Father, I pray that you will help them to call out to you for salvation. And Father, I pray that you will uh, reach down your mighty strong arm in your hand to, to reach, Lord, and, and literally snatch them out of the flames of hell. And Father, we just pray for your healing hand to be upon them. Lord, be with our missionaries and continue to bless them. Lord, we thank you for those who have answered the call to go to places that maybe we could never go uh, and to go in our behalf to be there on the mission field that maybe even at times we come along and, and work alongside them on mission trips. And Father, I just pray that you will bless them uh, wherever they may be around this world or across North America. Lord, continue to open up opportunities in a powerful way and bless the mission work uh, that we're involved in locally here and we just pray, God, that you will uh, bless all of our ministries. Be with the youth uh, who are meeting, studying your word tonight. Be with the WANA group uh, that is also memorizing scripture and, and, and doing things also that are, that are helping them to grow in their walk with you. And we just ask your special blessings uh, upon them too and all of their teachers and workers tonight too. So bless your word as we come to study your word in the book of Hosea. Again, I pray, God, that it'll be powerful. It'll be alive. It'll be sharper than a two edged sword that we Lord will be able to see things through the eyes of, of Hosea uh, and through your eyes to see the circumstances of what he's going through with Gomer as well as how that translates out to how you love us and how you love the world around us and how you are pursuing after us when we stray away from you and so father I pray that you'll bless this word tonight may it be powerful may it speak to our hearts and may we be able to use this message to encourage others to faith in Christ. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, then, and turn to the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 2. And if you weren't here uh, last week, uh, last week I did a video message, and I kind of just went back and, and hit some overall things for the setting of, of Hosea uh, and what was going on in that day and that time to lead up to this judgment that God is bringing upon the people and this illustration that he is using through Hosea where he's told Hosea to go marry a woman who's a prostitute. Uh, that just seems foreign, foreign to our concept and, and thinking of what God would tell someone who is a believer to do. And yet God wants to use this uh, as a message to the nation of Israel and as a warning to us uh, about the judgment that would come upon us as well as his great love uh, toward us. And so uh, you'll notice that we, it's a sheet here that has the kings of Israel and Judah. Uh, these are not online. I'll be sure to uh, put this in the comments uh, there. I'll post it in the comments after. After the service tonight later you can go back through and you can download you a copy uh, of that through the comments uh, but on one side it has the northern kingdom which is Israel you remember at this time uh, we had three kings who were under a united kingdom which was Saul and then David and then Solomon uh, for 40 years each so for about 120 years uh, there had been a time basically a peace for the most part except for that little part there of Saul uh, where the Philistines were coming against them but under King David and under Solomon uh, 
it was for sure peace uh, there. Uh, at least they were all together, even under Saul. Uh, but then after Solomon dies, things go out of whack, and his children begin to argue with one another about who's going to be the leader. And uh, you'll notice that you have uh, on the kings of, of Israel, on the northern kingdom, you have Jeroboam the first. Uh, and I talked about this last week, that the Jeroboam that is spoken of in Hosea is Jeroboam the second. Uh, so if you'll follow down uh, to 782 to 753, that's where you'll find Jeroboam II. So you've gone through king after king after king who has turned their backs upon God, who have turned to the ways of the world. Uh, and, and in fact, when you look at the judgments that come, Israel receives the judgment first. Judah, the southern kingdom, receives the judgment later, uh, but they're both going down the same path. Judah's just a little bit slower to get to the same place that, that uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, has gotten to. And, and so they are just full force going after uh, the gods of this world and other idols. And, and so that's the setting that you kind of see here uh, for what's going on in Hosea's day uh, when people are spiritually committing an adultery in that they are, they're committed to God, uh, they're his children, but they've decided to turn against him, to go uh, to, the, to the people of this world. And so we come to chapter 2 and verse 14, and we find Hosea is a brokenhearted preacher. His wife, Gomer, has decided to leave the home. Uh, she's gone back to the life of prostitution. He doesn't know what to do. He loves her. And yet she has gone away, and he hears the reports that she's gone progressively down and down and down, downward all the time. Uh, so she thought when she was leaving, she was going to go to her lovers who were providing all the, the blessings to her. She didn't realize it was Hosea uh, who had been providing uh, all of those blessings all along. And so finally she's hit bottom. And, and when she hits bottom, Hosea has lost track of her. He doesn't know where she is. And in addition to that, he's now faced with the responsibility of being father and mother uh, to children that really aren't even really his. Uh, we've, we've discovered that, that he's found out that these children uh, were her lover's children. Uh, they weren't even really his. Uh, and so in addition, uh, he's facing that. Every morning he gets up early, he gets them ready, he gives them breakfast, he loads them up to wherever they need to go, uh, maybe to do some schooling. And then uh, he goes about his responsibilities for the day, picks them up at the end of the day, takes them home, helps them with their homework, gets them bathed, puts them down to bed, totally exhausted. Here's Hosea, the preacher, who goes to bed himself, and he just cries himself to sleep over this wayward prodigal wife. And so in a very unique and special way, God uses that image of uh, the, the, this marriage tragedy here in the life of Hosea to teach a very important lesson to us about sin and love. And, and so in Gomer, we see the picture of a sinning people. In Hosea, we see the picture of a loving God. Uh, the, the tragic story of Gomer shows us what sin does. But the story of Hosea shows us what love does, even in the face of sin. So what does love do? Well, we read about it in these verses. And the first thing that we want to see that love does is that love responds. Love responds. And, and so love always responds. The word love uh, is a noun, uh, but love is also a verb. Uh, 
Uh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Love is an action word. It's a verb. Uh, love always has to respond. In the second chapter, we find here a series of therefores. Uh, you find the first therefore in verse 6, uh, which is not part of our text, but the previous couple of weeks ago that says, therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her past. And, and so that's the first therefore that we see. And so Gomer is hedged in, hemmed in by Hosea. Verse 9 says, therefore, here's another therefore, I will take back my grain in its time and my wine in its season and will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. And so he knows she's gone out to sin. He's been providing for her all this time. She thinks that it's coming from her lover. She doesn't know where it's coming from, all, all the necessities here. Uh, the grain, the wine, the, uh, the wool, the flax, all those things. And he decides, I'm going to start taking those things away because she isn't getting the picture yet. She needs to, you know, sometimes when someone is in sin that far, you have to show tough love. You still show love, but you show tough love. And that's what Hosea is doing here. He's showing some tough love. And we see the necessities of life have been taken away from Gomer, trying to bring her to the place of the end of herself and, and to the depths of her sin. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to provide for uh, those who you love who have, who have fallen into sin, and, and we should. Uh, but if, if they still continue to rebel, uh, then we see here, just like with Hosea, uh, he has to pull those things away uh, so that she might turn to the one who desperately loves her. And so now we come down to verse 14, and we have our third, therefore. And so verse 14 says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. So get the picture here that, that Hosea isn't pulling her around to the side here and, and berating her and, and shouting at her and, and just being mean-spirited towards her. He says, I'm going to allure her. He, he doesn't grab her and take her out. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to woo her uh, out to the wilderness and, and speak tenderly to her, remind her uh, of my love uh, for her. And so he's basically saying, I'm going to start all over again. I'm going to woo her again. I'm going to court her again, just like it was in the, in, in the days when, when I was falling in love with her, when we were dating. Uh, and so this is a picture of the wonderful love of God, a love that does not leave us where we are. Because understand this, God is not content to leave you in your sin. If you are sinning, you have strayed away from God, he loves you and he will pursue after you. The question is, is will you listen to him? Will you respond to him? Will you follow after him? God's love isn't content to, to let you stay in sin. God's love is a love that reaches out. God's love is a love that desires to restore you. And so God says to Hosea, Hosea, I want you to seek her out again. I want you to love her again. And you can just imagine all that Hosea is going through and, and all the, the, the contrary emotions that he's experiencing, the, the conflicting feelings that must have gone on in, his, in the heart of Hosea. I mean, he's hurt. She's left him. You know, most of us, uh, our, our attitude is, I don't get mad, I get even. You know, and, and she's left, she's hurt him. Uh, most of our reaction, and you see this many times in marriage, is you want to retaliate against the other uh, who's caused you the hurt. 
And it would have been natural for Hosea to do that. But God says to him, Hosea, I want you to love her. I want you to love her again. And he says down in verse 15, he says, And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there shall, she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. And so he says, I'm going to give her her vineyards. And then notice this series of I wills. So we've got a series of therefores uh, that we're going to look at and see through here. But you also are going to see this series of I wills. Verse 14 says, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. Verse 15 says, I will give her her vineyards in the valley of Achor. Verse 17 says, I will remove the names of Baals from her mouth. You look on down to verse 19, he says, I will betroth you. So think about betrothal. Betrothal is engagement. I'll, I'll get re-engaged to you, in essence, is what it's saying there. Uh, so, But he says, I will betroth you. Verse 20 says, I will betroth you. Verse 21 says, in that day I will answer, declares the Lord. I will answer the heavens. Verse 23 says, I will sow her for myself in the land. I will have mercy on no mercy. I will say to not my people, you are my people. What you you see in that over and over is a love that responds. It's not just words. And that ought to be in every marriage, every relationship that we have, uh, whether that's a marriage or whether that's a friendship uh, or whether that's even in the fellowship of the body of Christ, is that when we say we love others, it not, ought not to be just words. It ought to be a response with it also that shows that we love uh, the person that we're in the relationship with, whether it's a, a, a church member, whether it's another believer, uh, whether it's uh, our spouse, whether it's a family member, whoever it may be. Uh, and so over and over we see he says I will, I will, I will. It's a response that he's going to do. And then look at verse 15 again. He says I will give her her vineyards in the valley of Achor, a door of hope. Now one paraphrase says it this way I will turn heartbreak valley into acres of hope. That's an interesting way to put that because many times the first mention of the subject in the, in the Bible is very instructive to us. And this is especially true when you run into this term, the Valley of Achor. Do you know where the Valley of Achor is first mentioned in the Bible? It's all the way back in the book of Joshua. You'll remember it when we tell you the story. Uh, turn to the book of Joshua quickly. You can keep your fingers here in Hosea. But in Joshua... Chapter 7, verse 25 and verse 26, we see the first mention of the Valley of Achor. It's a story that's very familiar to us. It's the account of the children of God as they're getting ready to do battle at the city called Ai. You remember they do the battle at the city of Ai. Where did they do battle before Ai? Jericho. They had a great victory at Jericho. They marched around the wall seven times. They shouted. They blew the trumpets. They had been doing that every day of the week, walking around the city but not saying anything until that last day. And then God brought the walls down, and they had such a great victory there. They had won the battle of the city of Jericho, and they thought, well, the next one's going to be easy. That's going to be a piece of cake. That's what our next battle's going to be like. And yet when they go to Ai to battle... They're humiliated, embarrassingly defeated. And Joshua, you remember, goes before the Lord in prayer. And the Lord says to him, Joshua, there is sin 
in the camp. That's why you were defeated, because there's sin in the camp. And we know what that sin is. Remember, there was the man named Achan. And, and you remember, his name means trouble. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 7, what Achan did was to steal some of the Babylonian garments, some of the shekels of silver, the wedges of gold. He hides, hides them in his tent. And of course, as is always the case, sin, uh, sin can never ultimately be hidden. Sooner or later, your sin is going to come out. And the Bible says this, be sure your sin will find you out. I mean, don't think that you're going to get away with your sin. You aren't. You aren't getting away with it. It's just a matter of time. Well, Achan's name, we said, means trouble. And he's brought before Joshua. And in verse 25 of chapter 7, here's what Joshua says. Why did you bring trouble upon us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned him with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remain to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. And you can read it actually back in verse 24. It references it uh, there also. But Achan's name means trouble. Achor means troubling the valley of troubling. Uh, that says to us that sin always causes trouble. Sin always brings trouble into your life. Ultimately, sin never brings anything good into your life. It always causes trouble. When you decide that you're going to go against God's word, you're going to violate God's laws and live in rebellion against the Lord, I'm here to tell you you're going to bring trouble into your very own life. Uh, some, sometimes we talk in terms of, of breaking the laws of God, but when you really think about it, the matter, fact of the matter is we don't break the laws of God. The laws of God break us because the laws of God are irrevocable. The laws of God are unbreakable. Take God's laws in the universe. You take the law of gravity. The law of gravity that says what goes up has to come down. And, and so if you choose, you can try to defy the law of gravity. You could go to the top of the Batman building there in Nashville and, uh, or any other building, those tall buildings, and you could jump off. And if you want to, you could try to defy the law of gravity. But if you jump off, you're going to have a bad collision when you hit the ground. You don't break the law of gravity. The law of gravity breaks you. God has established certain moral and spiritual laws in his universe. And we break, when we break those laws, we break those at our own risk because sin always has a troubling effect. It ultimately breaks us. It, it starts off so easy. The road seems to be so wide and the gate seems to be so broad. But the Bible tells us the road uh, of sin, even though it starts off broad and it starts off easy, it gets more and more narrow until before it's over, the road that you're taking will crush you. Sin always causes trouble in your life. Understand this about sin. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you will ever want to pay. And yet now God says to Hosea, I want you to woo her. I want you to get her back. And I'm going to turn the valley of Achor, the valley of troubling, into the door of hope. 
You see that back in Hosea? That's what he says there. I'm going to turn it into the door of hope. And, and what a powerful verse that is. What, a, what an encouraging uh, word that we see there that he's going to turn it uh, into a door uh, of hope for her there in verse, uh, verse 15. There's no hope in sin. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that without Jesus Christ, we are without God and we are without hope in this world. In John chapter 12 and verse 27, the night before uh, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus said, now is my soul troubled. Let me say this, because Jesus Christ endured the trouble of sin upon himself. There is now a door of hope that's been opened for everyone who will receive the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. Where there was no hope, where there was no way, now there is a way. Now there is hope. And so love always responds. It's a love that, that won't let us go. And understand this, I don't care how far you've gone, the love of God reaches out to you. I don't care how deep you are in sin, I'm here to tell you that God loves you. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter if you've, you've been a gomer uh, in your experience, God loves and he reaches out to you. It's just like the song that we sing Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, this I know. He lo Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill from his shining throne on high comes to watch me where i lie jesus loves me he will stay close beside me all the way if i love him when i die he will take me home on high yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me why because the bible tells me so I did do some research on that song. We talked about it, a, a, I don't know if it was last week on Wednesday night or the Sunday night. Wednesday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. Uh, it has at the bottom of the page there on the hymn there that it's a hymn from China. And in fact, there was uh, some missionaries in China who had some instrumentalists in that uh, hymn uh, the, as, with the music there. But originally this poem was written, uh, I forget the lady's name who wrote this, you see it there in your hymnal if you look the song up. It was her sister uh, who had written a book, a poems and such, and this lady had written one poem that was in the book, this was it, uh, and it was written, uh, directed, now think about this, it was written to a child on their deathbed. You read some of the words, though I'm very weak and ill, from this shining throne on high comes to watch me where I lie. And it was a word of comfort to a child who would be going through death. You know, sin leads to death. And so here's Gomer uh, who's gone to the bottom, but Hosea responds with love. That's what love does. Love responds. Here's the second truth, though, that emerges from this passage. Love not only responds, but notice that love redeems. 
love redeems. Because in what Hosea does for Gomer, you have this beautiful picture here of what God has done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ to redeem us and to bring us back to himself. Uh, so we move to, to uh, verse 1 of chapter 3. And so verse 1 of chapter 3 says, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. And you're scratching your head and you're thinking, cakes of raisins. I like cakes of raisins. Don't you like raisin bread? That that icing on the top. Sorry, Gail. <laughs> but notice, we'll get to that in a minute and understand what that means. But, but we see here, let me give you a paraphrase of what God is saying to Hosea. He's saying, I want you to start all over. I want you to love your wife again. Get this, your cheating wife who's been in a bed with another man. Her lover, her latest boyfriend of many. The Lord's saying to Hosea, Hosea, I want you to seek her out. I want to tell you, that'd be hard to do. That'd be hard to do. But God tells him, I want you to do this. You have to do this. Because not only are you doing this to show Gomer your love towards her, you're doing this to show Israel a picture of my love for them. And so he's saying, Hosea, I want you to seek her out. And so we learned something about the love of the Lord. We learned that just like Gomer is sought by her husband, Hosea, we are sought by the Lord. Even as the Lord, he says, loves the children of Israel. That's the way I want you to love. And so you can get the picture, can't you? Love her according to the love of God. God is using this tragedy in this marriage of Hosea to teach us to teach the nation of Israel and us about the love of the Lord. The love of the Lord seeks us, and we are sought by the Lord. It says that this is the kind of the love the Lord had for the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved cakes of raisins. That was part of the worship of those other gods, uh, was the cakes of raisins. Those are references to the idolatry uh, that characterized the children of Israel at this time. And that's why God called it spiritual adultery. He called it spiritual unfaithfulness. One of the reasons they went after the other gods was because of what they got out of it. The reason Gomer went after her lovers is because of what she thought that she would get out of it. She thought, I'll go to them and I'll get more than I've ever gotten here with you, Hosea, uh, being around this house and taking care of those kids. I'm going to go back over there where I was and I'm going to get more from those guys than I ever got from you. Look back to where she says this in Hosea chapter 2 and verse 5. For their mother has played the whore. She who conceived them has acted shamelessly. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool, my flax, my oil, and my drink. And then you read a few verses down and find out it was Hosea who was giving that stuff to her. Not her lovers. And so she went after her lovers because of what she thought she'd get out of it. She thought she would get something out of it. That's why people go into sin. It's because of what they think they're going to get out of it. The pleasures of sin. But know this, the pleasures of sin are only for a season. And I'm here to tell you that what sin has to offer you is cakes of raisins, trivialities, little things that don't even matter. It's amazing the trivial things that people will reach out for when they turn away from the Lord God. 
material things. People sell out the Lord Jesus Christ for amusements. They sell out the Lord for little trinkets of life. They sell out the Lord for the temporary things of this life. And you find out when you sell out for the things of this world that there is an increasing craving for a diminishing pleasure because you get something and you've got to have more and you got to have more and it just continues to lead you further and down. What it's saying is that these cakes of raisins didn't suit them anymore. It's kind of like chocolate candy. That first Snickers bar that you eat, it's really good, but the second one isn't near as good, and you still have the same craving. You have an increasing craving of diminishing pleasure. And if you had a third one around, you'd probably eat it too, but it wouldn't be really good at all even. That's the way sin is. It's an increasing craving for a diminishing pleasure. The purpose of the devil is to offer you some trivialities of sin, to offer you the pleasures of sin for a season in exchange for what that that, that he wants to take your soul and drag you down to the very pits of hell. And so God says, Hosea, go seek her. All the love that sought us. So he starts looking for her. And you can just imagine looking for Gomer, the places he has to go. He goes back to the old places where she used to practice her trade. And these aren't nice places. These are dirty, dingy places that nobody really of any respect would want to go around and be around. And, And he has to go around to those places where she used to sell herself to men. And he begins to talk to people. Have you seen Gomer? Have you seen Gomer? Have you seen Gomer? Do you know where Gomer is? He's seeking her. He's seeking her. And here's what you need to know tonight. God is seeking us. And he sought you if you know him as Lord and Savior. But if you don't, he is seeking you tonight. There may be somebody who's watching online, somebody who's here even tonight, uh, who, who you need to realize Jesus is seeking for you. He knows exactly where you are. He's looking for you. And so Hosea makes his way into the marketplace. He's moving up and down the rows, up and down the streets, looking at all the merchandise there. He's getting closer and closer to a place that is known as the slave market. In Bible days, they had that terrible institution of slavery. Here in America, to our own shame, there was a time where human beings were actually sold to other human beings. And we still have that going on in the way of sex trafficking that is going on in our nation today. And so remember that right here in this nation, human beings were put on the block, sold to the highest bidder. And that's the image that you need to see here for Hosea. Hosea is making his way down now, getting closer to the slave market, and he's looking for Gomer, and he thinks, surely, surely she's not here. He's getting closer and closer, and in a little while he hears all the the noise of the bidding that's going on. He hears the crowd. He hears the cursing of the slaves, and then he looks up, and he sees her as a naked woman there on the auction block. Because in those days when they sold slaves, they stripped them naked of their clothing. They robbed them of every bit of human dignity that they had. And he looks up there and he sees this woman who he's, who he's married to, who's left him. She has no clothing on. She's aging. She's worn. And you can tell she's been abused. You can see the scars. You can see the stains of sin on her. And before he realizes, it's Gomer. It's Gomer. 
Notice what happens here. So it says in verse 1, he says, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. Though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. He runs over to the man in charge. Says, this is my wife, Gomer. He says, get out of here, man. She, she may have been your wife at one time, but she's my slave now, and I'm going to sell her to the highest bidder. And that's exactly what sin will do for you. Sin will turn you into damaged goods. Sin will put you on the bargain counter of life, and you'll be sold to the lowest bidder, damaged and soiled, greatly reduced in value. There may be some who are even watching it. There was a time when you were strong. There was a time when your mind was clear. There was a time when you were healthy. There was a time when you had ambition. There was a time that you looked forward to the future. But because of sin, sin has laid its hold on you. And now there, uh, there you are literally on the slave block of life. That's what sin does to a life. That's what sin does to a soul. But all the love that sought her. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. Now in Exodus chapter 31 and verse 32, it says that a slave was normally sold for 30 pieces of silver. You remember how many pieces of silver was Jesus betrayed for? 30 pieces of silver, the, the common price of a slave. Notice what's happened to this woman. She's been reduced to half price. They can't get many bidders for her. So they're selling her for half price. One guy says, I'll give five shekels of silver for another, saying, I'll give six. And another walks up and says, I'll give ten. And up walks Hosea, who outbids everybody else, and says, I'll pay the full price. I'll give 15 pieces of silver and a mill ticket of barley. That was the food for the slave. Going once, going twice, three times sold to Hosea. Remember, God uses this tragedy in the life of Hosea to teach us a lesson about the love of God. Let me ask you, where in all of the universe do you get the clearest picture of the love of God? I think most of us know the answer to that question because if you want to see the love of God that sought us and the love of God that bought us clearer than any other place in this universe, you go to the hill of Calvary. You go to the cross. And spiritually speaking, the cross was where the Lord Jesus Christ went to the slave market of sin. And it was at the cross that the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says this, Knowing that you were ransomed, bought, paid for, from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. You weren't bought with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. When Jesus died on that cross, when his precious blood was poured out there on Calvary, he was paying the price of freedom for you and for me from the pits of hell, from the slave market of sin to bring us back to himself. Someone has said that Jesus paid his life for us on the cross, but he never got his money's worth. There stands Gomer. What does love do? 
Love responds. Love redeems. And finally, we see love restores. Look at verse 3. And I said to her, you must dwell you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. Gomer, you're twice mine now. Gomer, I married you. I took you to myself in holy marriage. But now, Gomer, you're twice mine. I bought you. You belong to me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and verse 20, you are not your own. If you're a believer, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Gomer can't believe it. She's overwhelmed. She says, Jose, you mean to tell me after, after the way I've treated you, you would take me back? Gomer, you're back. Hosea, look at me. I'm not a beautiful woman anymore. I'm not the beautiful woman I used to be. Gomer, you're as beautiful as you've ever been. I've got news for you. When the love of God redeems us through the precious blood of Calvary, God doesn't see you anymore. He sees the blood that's been applied and covers us. When he sees you, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're beautiful to him. Homer says, come on home, Gomer. He says in verse 3, you must dwell as mine for, for many days. In other words, we're going to have a little period of time, Gomer. I'm going to teach you how to be my wife, to teach you how to be a mother, teach you what love is all about. And, and so they have this probationary period, if you will, uh, that they're going to be together. Uh, she's going to learn all these things, uh, relearn it all. And every day, Hosea just tells her how wonderful she is. Every day, Hosea tells her how much he loves her and how special and how precious she is to him. And she says, do you really mean it? After all I've done... And he says, I love you with a love that won't let you go. I don't know about you, but there are times, even in my own relationship with the Lord, that I see how unworthy and how sinful I am. And I say to the Lord and have said to the Lord before, Lord, do you really love me? How could you love someone like me? And the Lord says, I want you to know that I love you with a love that will never change, that won't let you go. Hosea takes care of her and he teaches her. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12, the Bible says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. The same love that seeks us, the same love that purchases us and redeems us is the same love that teaches us how to be everything God wants us to be. Verse 4 and verse 5. For the children of Israel, so now he begins to show here how all this is to, to relate to the meaning of what everything all this is about. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to the goodness and to his goodness in the latter days. He applies this to the children of Israel. What's happening right now, even today in Israel, they have no priesthood there. Uh, that's the state of Israel right now. But look at what God promises in verse 5 there. That, that word return is used 22 times in the book of Hosea. 
That tells us that's an important theme throughout this book, the word return. This is the promise of spiritual return, the spiritual return of the children of Israel uh, to God. God is saying to Israel, Israel, you have a future. God is saying to you, even tonight, you have a future. You may be saying, but you don't know. I've blown my past. I don't know what your past has been, but I have good news for you. God will forgive your past, and you do have a future. You can begin to respond to the love of God, to yield yourself to the teaching of the love of God, to become the person you ought to be in God. What a glorious future he has for you out there. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of the love that God has for us. I'm here to say to you tonight, God loves you more than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever know. And he says to you tonight, even as a believer, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Remember, God's love responds. God's love restores. And God's love redeems. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this passage tonight. And for the love that you have shown us through the picture and the imagery here of, of, of Hosea to Gomer. Father, that's a picture of us that when we were lost in our sin, you loved us even when we were enemies of Christ. You loved us in our sin and you sent your son Jesus to down that cross for our sin. Lord, I pray that if there's someone who's heard in this message tonight, the gospel message, that you love them right where they are, that you desire a relationship with them, and that all they have to do is to trust in Jesus Christ who lived that perfect sinless life for them, who died on the cross in their place, and, and then who was resurrected from the grave on the third day to give them eternal life. Lord, if they would trust and believe in what Christ has done for them, that they would be saved. Lord, I pray they would call out to you tonight. And Lord, I pray there would be some who would do that. But Father, there are many of us who are listening, many of us who are here, who we are believers, and yet sin creeps back into our life and we stray away. We turn our backs upon you. And yet, in our turning back on you, you still love us and you're ready to forgive us if we will but come back to you. Father, I pray that when we come back to you, when we return to you, may you teach us to walk in the truth of your word. May you create, Lord, a newness within us, a freshness within us. Make us into the new creation that you promised in your word that we would become when we become a new believer. And Lord, help us to show this kind of love that we see in this passage tonight to the lost and dying world around us, that they too might come to faith in Christ. Bless this word in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for joining with us online there. Uh, we're so glad that you've been with us. We will be back Sunday morning, uh, 9.15 in person for Sunday school. We'll have worship at 10.30 online there, but you can come and join us in person if you can. We'd love to have you, love to see you. Uh, shake your hand and welcome you. Uh, but you come if you can, uh, 10.30 for worship. We'll see you this coming Sunday. You have a blessed week and stay safe.